questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. History encompasses at least three different ways of accessing the past. It can be remembered or recovered, or even invented. What in the world was happening around 1850? Tonight's episode is a continuation of what we started back in February, before the fear of coronavirus took over the world. Our regular subjects took a backseat, and my focus turned into the pandemic. But I'm sure many of you are exhausted of that, and are ready to move on. I know I am. So we are now transitioning back to our regular subjects. Many of you wrote to me saying you wanted more on the topic of our hidden history. I really enjoyed Michelle Gibson's first appearance. A few days ago, a very task guest and friend, David Weiss, posted a photograph on Facebook, which showed an excavation site which unearthed railroad tracks under mud. He said, quote, All of our history are lies. They didn't build the major railroads. They excavated them. They didn't build buildings in the 1800s. They reconstructed them. Our so-called rulers are lying about our history, and they are lying about our future. They have convinced you not to trust your God-given senses and to instead believe the nonsense they tell you. They have convinced you to believe you are not qualified to think, and they need to think for you. They have convinced you that their quote-unquote education system is how you get smart and become successful, when in fact, it's not education, but rather a regurgitation system of their lies. The big question is, when are you going to start thinking and figuring out what is going on? Just in case you haven't realized yet, there is no time left. 2020 is the pivot point in our slavery. Unquote. And immediately after, another listener contacted me. His name is also David. David Michael Loikers. Sorry if I butchered your last name. This David wrote with the following, quote, Listening to Michelle Gibson, I got a chill. The year 1851 is very strange. I talked with the late Eustace Mullins, and he told me that all the state constitutions were rewritten that year, but he had never found the reason why. I checked Ohio, and sure enough, the original constitution of 1802 was replaced in 1851. Why? I don't buy the published excuses, unquote. And another listener, Todd Bryant, said this, quote, That year further confirms parallels of sudden, quote-unquote, inspirations in weapons development to me over the 19th century. Not to sound off-topic, but the same type of incrementalism seen then in the advancement of weapons during those decades closely mimics what we see today only in computer and electronic tech Either there was a Tesla-type prodigy around in every field of science, everywhere, always, or, more likely, the seeding of patent-type knowledge spread around U.S. industry, and no one takes credit for the whole process. It appears in sections overseen by one inventor and industrialist. The Civil War was a revealing of how things quote, were supposed to be, not smaller, redundant, southern-style economies, unquote. Thanks, Todd. And by the way, Sam Colt created the 1851 revolver in 1851, which was adopted by the U.S. military as its standard-issue sidearm. Well, David and Tim, like you, 
I'm intrigued. I want to know more. Get ready. We'll dig deeper tonight. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Divinia Water, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Fabregas. And to continue what we started, Michelle Gibson is back. I won't read her bio to save time, but to those of you who didn't listen to our first interview, I highly suggest that you do. Michelle's website is piercingtheveilofillusion.com. Michelle joins us from Sedona, Arizona. Hello, Michelle, and welcome back. How are you? Hello, Mel. I'm doing really well, thanks. Thank you so much for again accepting another invitation. As you can see from some of the letters I've received, people are still intrigued. We had the coronavirus. We have to put a lot of things into ice for a while, but I'm glad that we're moving past that and we're getting back to normal. But the title of the show, What in the World Was Happening Around 1850? We discussed this a bit in our previous interview, but this year, there's so much behind it. Why don't you start with some of your latest findings? Oh, wow. The first thing that comes to mind is I'm working on a series on the correlation of mining and mines on an alignment. And I'm on part four. It will be the last part. I'm about halfway through writing it. And I have a summary I'm going to put at the end. It's not quite ready yet, or I would have probably gone more into it with my talking points for this. But I do want to say that the 1850s are prominent in the whole mining scenario, and there's a whole lot more. I mean, it's a huge topic. And I'm glad you forwarded me the information that David shared about the 1851 coming up with state constitutions because it made it easy to put my talking points together for this interview because it's a date that comes up frequently. So my, my res- By the way, if you, you, you probably know the name Eustace Mullins, one of the greatest researchers, at least to me, in the 20th century. And I have to say, if Eustace Mullins wonders why, and he could never find an answer, that tells you that there's something hidden here, Michelle. Definitely hidden, uh, with good reason. We were never supposed to figure it out. So I would like to start with this particular subject matter with why I think 1851 was the official start of the New World Order timeline. And I believe that was the Crystal Palace exhibition in London in 1851. Also known as the Great Exhibition of the Works of Industry of All Nations, it was the first in a series of World's Fairs, exhibitions of culture and industry that became popular in the 19th century. And I believe the World Fairs in the next hundred years were 
a showcase of the original technology. And it was just something that wasn't as advertised. And I'll go into that here in just a moment. I want to recap some of the things I brought out in my first interview with you. Based on my research and everything I found, I believe that there was a hostile takeover of the planet after a deliberately caused cataclysm that resulted in a worldwide flood of mud, which wiped out the original civilization. There was an almost two-year period of extremely cold enduring weather in Ireland between 1740 and 1741. The cause is not known, and this information is in the historical record, but is not common knowledge. Hundreds of thousands of people in Ireland died in the cold snap, which was about a fifth of the population at that time. And to this day, it is the longest period of extreme cold weather in modern European history, and it led to food riots, famine, epidemics, and death. And I believe in another part of this interview, I'll be talking more about what I believe the causal event was, which I think was a Philadelphia experiment. But... I will have a place where I can bring that in a little bit later on. So the question I asked is, what if the explanation involves a disruption in the fabric of space-time, which would have been the Philadelphia experiment? What if it took the beings involved in the cataclysm and takeover around 100 years to dig the original infrastructure out of the mud flow? What if the timeline we have been taught in school actually starts in the mid-1800s with a new false historical narrative superimposed onto this infrastructure? one which brought cruelty, great suffering, degradation, and division to humanity? What if the original order of society was turned upside down and we have been the subjects of a vast human and social engineering project, not for our best interest, but that of other beings? What if these exhibitions, expositions, and world fairs starting in 1851 were showcasing the technology and architectural wonders of the original civilization before being hidden away or forever destroyed? which is pretty much what happened to the vast majority of buildings that were said to have been built as temporary buildings for world, world fairs. And they, they are absolutely mind boggling and permanent looking and massive. By the way, Chicago too, the world fair to Chicago, they also had a big fire. Mm-hmm. 1893. Fires at, at most of them. So there's something else going on there. Very few of the original buildings were left. So what we're told is that the purpose of the first great exhibition in 1851 was to be making clear to the world Britain's role as industrial leader, while at the same time it provided a platform on which other countries from around the world could display their achievements. The Crystal Palace covered 19 acres with 100,000 exhibits. It was said to have displayed Britain's wealth as a workshop banker and trader of the world. We're told that it took only nine months to develop it from plans and organization to the grand opening with Queen Victoria, and that it was organized by a British civil servant named Sir Henry Cole and Prince Albert, Queen Victoria's husband. It was also said to be a temporary structure, like I just said. And if you look at a picture of the Crystal Palace, it's massive, beyond massive. I saw a reference to it somewhere that is three times the size of St. Paul's Cathedral in London and St. Paul's Cathedral's massive. And it looks like the Washington Capitol. And it was said to have been designed by a gardener and greenhouse builder named Sir Joseph Paxton. And he was also said to have been commissioned by Baron Meyer Rothschild in 1850 to design the Mentmore Towers in Buckinghamshire one of the greatest country houses built during the Victorian era. 
And again, just beautiful architecture. The Crystal Palace was described as a massive glass house that was 1,848 feet or 563 meters long by 554 feet and 138 meters wide and constructed from cast iron frame components and glass. Between May 1st and October 15th of 1851, 6 million people were said to visit the exhibition, including famous people like Charles Darwin, Samuel Colt, who you just mentioned, Charlotte Bronte, Charles Dickens, and Alfred Lord Tennyson. The proceeds generated by the Great Exhibition of 1851 were then said to be used to found the Victoria and Albert Museum in 1852, and the Science Museum in 1857, and the Natural History Museum in London in 1881. You know, and it can just just incredible architecture, stone masonry. And the fate of the Crystal Palace, we're told that it was moved and re-erected in 1854 to Sydenham Hill in South London and was later destroyed by fire in 1936. You know, and again, if you look at a picture of it, it's like, how did they manage to move a building like that? You know, again, this is all, also all what we're told. We are told that it was moved. We don't know if we're it was told- moved, right? Right, exactly. Just like so many obelisks around the world, and even in the United States. But I can see maybe, maybe uh, in land, you can move some of that. I don't know how, but it's more plausible than moving them in ships to the United States, because we have obelisks all over the place here, too, which seem almost right. impossible to have been moved in in ships back then. Right, and and they insist on telling us that the Cleopatra's needles in London, Paris, and New York were moved right. by, by boat. <laughs> And and we don't question it, right? You know, and there there are over two hundred tons each, and there's just a story that we're told about it. And you know, because this information's been removed from our awareness, is it harder to believe it was moved by ship or that it was already there? You know, and that's that's what this whole research is all about. Is there's more evidence that there's an existing civilization than what we're taught about in school. I mean, it just, it does not add up. And that's what my work is uncovering. Let's dissect this more. The obelisks. What do you think the purpose of that was? Some people say they may have been some grounding grounding devices. Some say that there may be some, some antenna around the world. What do you think the purpose was? I, I think everything that was built, every building, every obelisk, every standing stone, every stone circle, um, all rail systems, star forts, everything was connected to the planetary grid system. Everything was in balance between heaven and earth. And it was a very positive civilization because, and unified civilization, because I can't conceive of this type of sophisticated instrument being created by, by countries at war with each other or in, empires at war. It was like, they were all working together. And I would even say in unity consciousness, I think it was a very full expression of human potential in physical form, which I believe is our reason for being here, is experiencing creation as a higher being. <laughs> Let's talk about the the, <laughs> the railroad tracks for a moment. I remember when sure. I saw the picture for the first time the other day when David shared it with me. I actually showed it to my daughter, a 13-year-old daughter, and I said, what do you see here? And she says, I see some railroad tracks. I see people excavating. And then I tried to explain what the possibilities could be. 
And obviously, if you're training school, it's very difficult for you to get what I was trying to convey to her. You know, what if there was a mud flood and this was buried and this was used before we were even told that railroads were established in the United States? And that's when she tuned me out. She's like, okay, I, 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 that's, that's beyond me. But what do you think? Do you think that we had a network of railroad tracks in the United States before the Spaniards and and the uh, British came along? Absolutely, 100%. No question in my mind. And it's not just railroads. It's streetcars. It's subways. Buildings. They were already here. So the question is, because somebody sent me the other day a map of all the Native American tribes all over the United States, you know, you see it all over the Seminoles in Florida and the Navajos here and the Yavapais in Arizona, all of them. So if that's the case, who were these people? Were they the Native Americans or is this somebody else who was coexisting and cohabitating with the Native Americans? I would say the latter. I, I There was this whole sophisticated civilization. We have been given... I'm not going to use the word stories, but maybe stereotypes of who was in different places. And we've been socially engineered, like I said at the beginning of this piece about exhibitions. It's been a vast human and social engineering project. I talk about this being the Moorish civilization and that it was empires within empire. So there were empires like the Washita Empire and the Tartarian Empire and the Barbarian Empire and others that, again, existed, coexisted peacefully with each other. And another piece that goes along with that is my belief that the so-called lost tribes of Israel weren't lost. They were suppressed and that everything that was existing here was used as a template for the new world order to come in and hijack for their own purposes to create the narrative that we have now. So I believe that the the children of Israel were the original humans. And we've been taught fragments of information. And that's not to say that, you know, I'm not even talking about holy books at this point. I believe they're pre-existing, but the narrative that we're in the stories that we have been taught about who we are, are are kind of twisted from what the original purpose was, which was to reconnect with higher self and to to live in harmony and balance and abundance. And that was well known to the original inhabitants. We weren't struggling with who we were, who we are, who are we, where are we from, how did we get here, how did life develop? We were there, and we were very big people. <laughs> we were giants, and so I think there's truth mixed in with with untruth to hide this original civilization. And and that also goes speaks to the the piece about, you know, the, the people that we think were here w- would have been connected to the tribes of Israel. But I think everybody was existing in harmony. I, I hope that makes sense. Oh, it does make sense. And I've discussed the triptychs many, many years ago with the architectural designs that we see around the world, the certain pyramids, and you see the three doors everywhere. It's almost like they're the same type of design. And if that's the case, that, as you say, you call it unity consciousness. 
Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.